What is going on, guys? My name is Mac. Across from me, lifelong friend basketball connoisseur Garrett Howe. And we're coming at you guys today around 1 o'clock p.m. in the sunny, undisclosed location where the Press Breaker podcast. I'm just kidding. We've told you multiple times that we're 20 minutes away from Murray. So by deductive reasoning, you would guess that we live in the western part of the great state of Kentucky. Um, sunny day. No rain in the forecast yet. And uh, it's a good day to get out and uh, do something. That's why we're recording this podcast so early today. We usually record around 4 or 5 p.m., sometimes 3 p.m., but we're doing it early today. The early bird special. I got a lot of stuff on the plate today. I, I, I've got so many things just planned out. Which I love how I just, I just went a minute and a half into why we record so early, and it doesn't matter because it's coming out at the same time for you guys, Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern. 8 a.m. Central, as usual. This is the Press Breaker Podcast, 34th episode, if I'm Boom. not mistaken. The good old Paul Pierce episode, Ray Allen at the Heat episode. <sighs> Paul and, Pierce is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so how you doing, Gert? Dude, I'm great. I am just kind of excited that we don't really have an agenda, you know? Just a, an, an old-fashioned, <laughs> just kind of talk, talk yep. through it day, you know? Yeah. Nothing, nothing crazy going on. Uh, real quick before we get going here, just a quick update. I posted the poll late. I was supposed to post it yesterday morning, and I didn't post it till this morning on the final matchup for the mascot oh, yeah. poll. Yeah. But so far, hey, did I get through, close to Danny? Um, I was pretty close throughout the first like six hours. So he, you lost, uh, thirty six percent to sixty four percent. That's not terrible. No, it's not. Uh, and I beat Crab. 68% to 32%. And currently, with seven votes in in the first four hours, I am up on Danny 57% to 43%. Nice. That's what we like to see. Dude, one, one of the home dudes has to win. You know, we can't lose to guess. To, right? we, can't, we cannot lose to guess out here. It was really key how the first poll worked out so we didn't have to play each other. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. It really worked I, out. I agree, yep. But yeah, so... And that's really all I've got. Uh... I've seen a few things today, and I think the biggest thing is I sent you a tweet the other day about Malik Beasley shooting yes. at a better rate than Steph Curry right now. Yes. He had uh, 33 points last night and hit 11 threes against the Thunder. Only shot threes, I'm pretty for certain. Yep. So. he, he I mean, he's, he's doing really good. He's he's doing really good, and I haven't really caught many Timberwolves games. Uh, I do I do catch the highlights. But I don't really see Malik Beasley in the highlights a lot, probably just because he's a you know run of the mill, you know, just a good player, nothing really flashy about him, nothing to show off. But the fact that he is shooting such a high percentage from three is pretty crazy, you know. I and you know that's something the Timberwolves need because we have Cat, who obviously is the best shooting big man right now. He won the three point contest. But I think to have a guard, or does he? Yeah, he plays shooting guard, right? Yep. He play he probably plays a little bit of the three here and here now, but uh but yeah, for a guy like him to be able to back up Carl Anthony Towns, that really makes him a threat from the perimeter because then that also opens up the floor for Anthony Edwards, who we do know can shoot the ball, but can also, you know, finish at the rack, shoot the mid range, whatever. So I think it just spaces the floor a lot more for Minnesota. And I think I mean it's a good I mean, it's good, you know, that's really all I have to say about it. Uh, yeah, something I've liked about the Timberwolves last couple games is that D'Lo has not really had to score the ball at all. He scored 14 points and 6 points, but also in those two games, he had a total of 27 assists. 
So Ooh, he has just been nice. like completely dishing the ball. And hold on, let me see. So yeah, twenty-seven assists to four turnovers in those last two games. So yeah, and is... a total, a total leaf turn for him too. You know, because mm-hmm. in his early days with the Lakers and his days with the Nets, he was a he was an elite scorer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. obviously we all knew he could play make. He's a point guard. He did it at the University of Louisville, or I mean University nope. of Ohio State. Sorry. And uh, he is from Louisville though. So yeah, he is from Louisville. That's why I said that. Um. We saw it there in college. That is actually a player that I did watch pretty regularly in college because I like I like him. He was how awesome he played. in college. Yeah, he was very good in college, and uh, he at the Lakers and at the Nets, he was an elite scorer. But now we're seeing him play make a little more, and I think it's really just he's extending his comfort zone. I mean, he's always been comfortable being a playmaker, but the fact that he racked up whatever you said twenty seven assists in two games. Sorry. That's, yeah, it is 27. Sorry. Yeah, that was right. I was getting my stats mixed up in my head. Um, but yeah. But the fact that he can do that is, is really good because you look at that team and you think, well, where's the defense at? Because all they have is just purebred scores. But now with D'Lo making the switch uh, to more of a playmaker, kind of taking a, a step back when it comes to scoring, which I think is the perfect play. And then you also have Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt who can play good defense. You're starting to really round out a well-balanced team there. And I think I, I think your days of being a Timberwolves fan are about to get a lot better. Oh, absolutely. And my last thought on them before we can, you know, we can talk about the Raptors after this. We might as well dive in here. So my last thought here, the Timberwolves, uh, for the first time since 2004, went on a six-game win streak. And when they did that in 2004, they went to the Western Conference Finals. Just want that to be known. That's just uh, something to, to think about. And yeah. they're also nine games above 500, which even though I thought they were a solid team, I did not think they'd have this much of a a gap between their wins yeah. and losses at this point. I thought they'd kind of maybe get there at the end of the season, but not right now with 15, 20 games left. Yeah. So not, not bad at all. Um, so, I mean, like you said, said to talk about the. Uh, talk about the Toronto Raptors. Sure. You know, I'll talk about them. OG Ananobi still out. Uh, he's got probably a week and a half left, maybe a week before he's uh, reevaluated. So, you know, hopefully he'll be able to come back decently soon, hopefully for the playoffs, because the playoffs are looking like a real possibility now for the Raptors, which is kind of crazy to me. I thought I thought we needed one more year to, you know, sort things out before we're back on track. But nah, man, Scotty Barnes has come in and he has turned this team around. I know it's not him like solely. But he was that one piece that I was griping about last year saying we needed. And, you know, he's here. Thaddeus Young, not playing the greatest, but he's still playing better than Chris Boucher. So that's a plus in my book. Also, we have Malachi Flynn, who is getting rotational minutes now that Yuta Watanabe and I forgot who the other player was. This is V. Mikhail Luke. They got sent down to the G League team for the rest of the season. So... Uh, Malachi Flynn getting minutes. He's out with a hamstring, though, so that's tough. But, you know, not not the worst thing in the world. You know, we still have Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Precious Chachua, Fred VanVleet, Pascal, and um, Chris Boucher, who, ugh, don't get me started, man. But <laughs> I think one takeaway from this, from this Raptors team and this Raptors season is that Pascal Siakam is elite, and Pascal Siakam is the effing guy. Like, 
Man, it's been such a love-hate relationship with Pascal Siakam, but he really is. He's playing the best basketball of his life right now. And I saw a tweet from Chris Walder, I believe his name is. He's a, uh, he's a Toronto sports analyst, big Raptors mega fan, you know, tweets out a bunch of stuff about the Raptors. I go to him for a lot of my Raptors news. And he says that, like, amongst him and his other, you know, highly knowledgeable basketball buddies, he thinks Pascal Siakam at the center this year is Toronto's best center ever. And that's crazy because you have Mark Gasol, who's a, what, two-time defensive player of the year or just one? One. Okay, one-time one defensive player of the year. You have Jonas Valanciunas, who set an NBA record for most points averaged in a 20-game span, averaging under 20 minutes a game. And then you also had Serge Ibaka, who, like, like I get it, Serge Ibaka's been a run-of-the-mill role player for, like, his whole career, but he's still a good player, you know what I mean? Like, do not mm-hmm. sleep on Serge Ibaka. So, for all the Toronto, like, mega fans to say that this season's Pascal Siakam has been the best center Toronto has ever had, just goes to show how, like, good he is playing that center position. He's 6'9", but he can jump out of the gym. He's been getting boards hella. He's averaging eight and a half rebounds a game this season which, if I'm not mistaken, is his highest rebound total by a landslide. Yeah, 7.3 in the championship season is the, uh, or not the championship, the season after the championship season, sorry. Uh, the year that he was an all-star averaging 23, 7.3 and 3.5. And but the fact that he made the all-star team averaging that, and now he's averaging 22, uh, 8.5 and, and 5 is pretty crazy to me. And, uh, and so uh, he's playing really well right now, and I think he's really that guy. Hang on just a second. Oh. Tell people I'm recording the podcast, and they just do not care. That's fine. You just tell me when we're ready to go. Hey, all right. So, sorry. Had a train of thought. Had my train of thought just absolutely abruptly Derailed. stopped. Derailed, yeah. But, um... Uh, oh, yeah, Pascal Siakam, sorry. Uh, he's playing, like I said, really good. He's averaging. His numbers are insane. His percentages are insane as well. I mean, he's shooting almost 50% from the field, and he's shooting 34% from three. So, I mean, pr- pretty great from him. Pretty great. And then you have Fred Van Vliet, who didn't make the All-Star team. He's playing good, too. Yeah, so my only issue with the Raptors right now, just from like the last few box scores I'm seeing, they can... I think really all they got to clean up is they cannot be losing to the Magic and Pistons right now. I think those are bad losses when you have Gary, Pascal, and Scotty all at least there. So yeah. I think they just got to tighten up a little bit, and then they'll for sure be a team that can knock somebody off in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that loss to Orlando was very, very scuffed. I watched that game. Jalen Suggs had probably the worst shooting night out of anybody I've ever seen recently, yet he still put up, I think it was like 24 or 23, something like that. They're just rough around the edges. They just got to fine-tune things, and they'll, yep. be, they'll be perfectly close. fine. They are very close. Like They're really close to being a team that you could really see kind of making a run at the Eastern Conference Finals, depending on the yep. draw they get and stuff like that. So Yeah, and the fact that Scotty in his rookie season is averaging 15, 8, and 3.5, Really, really good. They just have, they just seriously have a positionless basketball lineup there. You have, mm-hmm. you have OG, Scotty, Gary, and Pascal, who, if all four are in the game, could guard the two through five spot, even the one through five spot. You know what I mean? You just have Fred Van Vliet there, who kind of has to play the point guard. That's why I said two through five. 
But when your player, when your only small player that can't really defend multiple positions clamps his own position, that is that is very good. Um, it's a recipe I'm for just, success right there. Yeah, I'm just really, I'm really proud of Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam. They are just, they are doing the thing this year. Yeah. All right, you got any closing thoughts on the Raptors? You got it all out. Uh, no, I got it all out. I think. All right. Well, I, I just think about... uh, one thing. Actually, sorry. Okay, I'm ready. Bad young, bro. We really gave up a first round pick for that guy. I'm weak. Yeah, you did. I'm weak. Yeah, you did. Kristaps is averaging twenty something over there in Washington. His first couple starts. So. Yeah. He has been. Oh man. Hey, that's neither here nor there. It's in the past now. Um, regardless, though, what I want to say is, how about Kyrie the other night scoring 50 on 79% yeah. shooting, 101.3% mm-hmm. true shooting percentage? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen that or will ever see that again. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Especially for... Well, okay, we could probably see it out of a center, but out of a guard, that's just... There's no way that happens again anytime soon. There's just no way. Um. Yeah, yeah, you're you're probably right. Like I hate to say it, because it's the NBA and everybody's so good now. But yeah, it really is just he is that guy right now in Brooklyn. And I mean, Kevin Durant. I'll be like, no disrespect to Kevin Durant whatsoever, because Kevin Durant is is the guy, one of the guys in NBA history. But Kyrie Irving is just taking it to new heights right now, and. Yep. I mean, good. I'm I'm proud for him. I love yeah. the NBA is a much more fun place when Kyrie is going hard. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Speaking of Kyrie's teammate, or speaking of Kyrie, his teammate LeBron the other night, fifty six points, bro, mm. and boards, only three assists. He said, "Nah, I got to score. If we're playing Golden State, get out of the way. I got to score. This is the team that I know how to beat." Yep. He said, get out of the way. Let me go to work. Shooting 54% from three, bro. Six threes on the game for LeBron. When was the last time you seen LeBron hit six threes in a game? Miami, probably. I'll tell you. Nah, well, he hit... no, no, Cleveland when he was scoring like 40-something well, in the yeah. playoffs. He hit eight against Memphis earlier this season. But other than that, yeah, that hasn't really been replicated this season. So that's crazy. But um, uh, The Lakers right now, man, they are just... I don't know. Like, how how do they get worse? Like, I really don't understand how they're seven yeah. games below five hundred right now. I keep seeing the wins and losses. And the losses mainly are bad. losses. The losses are really bad. And it, yeah, I mean that's really that's really all I gotta say. Like, it is. It's just bad. It's it's not good. Uh. I saw a clip that Kendrick Perkins pointed out of Westbrook and just headset because he's been saying he's like mentally checked out or whatever. Yeah. And it's Westbrook literally standing in the paint on a whole 24 second possession and he did not move. Like he just had one foot in, one foot out of the paint and he just stood there kind of hunched over. Not fully, but just kind of like looking around like, yeah, kind of like he was looking like he was like looking kind of kind of like Rondo when he gave up on the Mavericks in that playoff. Yeah, series. like he looked like he was engaged, but he wasn't. But he for real just stood in the same spot for all 24 seconds, even after an offensive rebound, just stayed there. It was crazy. And like he's not letting his family come to the game now. Like he is all. He's out. I just don't. He's got something going on. I feel like we talk about the Lakers every single podcast, so I don't really want to get into it that much, but 
I don't know. They they just keep losing, and I don't understand how. I think that's why it's easy to talk about because you just keep thinking it's going to turn around, so you don't have to talk about it. But then they just don't. Like yeah. I'm just waiting for LeBron to go crazy, and it doesn't happen. But oh well. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Unlucky, really. Um. Did you know the oldest player on that team is Carmelo Anthony? Mm, yes. Kind of crazy. Youngest player on that team. Austin Reeves. It's got to be Austin Reeves. Nope. Who is it? Talon Horton Tucker. Really? Talon Horton Tucker is a 2000s baby. So, okay. I guess I just totally misjudged how, where Austin Reeves came from. Something, something <laughs> though, I wanted to talk about to kind of flip the script here. Talk about some positives. Buddy Heald in Indiana, man. He is going kind of crazy. He's averaging almost 20 points a game on five and a half rebounds and five and a half assists. Shooting 59% from two and 36% from three. His, his field goal percentage of 47% might not sound very good, but for what Buddy Heald does, that is extremely efficient. Yep. It was really good for him to keep Halliburton with him, you know, have yeah. somebody that can facilitate him the ball perfectly. Yeah, um, I agree. On the on the Pacers and Kings, both of their records since the trade, 3 and 10. And I'll be on the record and say I was wrong about the Kings. After watching them play the Timberwolves that first game that Sabonis played, I thought they were really going to make a push for the play-in. There is no shot. They are still terrible. They like it's just like I think they're just cursed at this point. Like they have so much talent and it's just like nothing happens continuously. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really unlucky. But I think I I still think in the long haul, the Kings and Pacers are both winners of the trade. Absolutely, I, th- I think it was a fair trade. Yeah, I I think it I think it was a very fair trade. I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to end up being the better player out of all three of them. But I do think the duo of De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis is going to shine, if not this season, then next season, definitely. Uh, did you see what happened in the Pacers Cavs game the other night? coming down to the wire i did not okay so they were tied at 120 i think and Cavs get a rebound coming down for some you know jalen smith the guy who's played really good for the suns there for a little bit it's on the pacers now he just fouled he thought that the Cavs were up two or up one so he intent like intentionally fouled the guy i think it's darius garland and everybody just like freaks out and looks at him like what did you just do like we were like the game was tied (laughs) He, he totally lost it's like a jr smith moment he yeah. totally lost sense of uh, what was actually going on in the game and thought it was something else. And oh, man. lost in the game, I think. I don't know for sure. I never saw the final score, but I just know that Darius Garland was going to the free throw line at a top ball game for no reason. Yeah, Cleveland won that game, 127 to 124. Oh, that is, that is gut-wrenching. That is unfortunate. Cleveland has been squeaking by. They have been squeaking by. Mm-hmm. They only beat Toronto by eight the other day. Uh, they beat the Pacers by three. And to say that they're getting these squeak wins, you know, they're just barely scraping by with these wins, and they're still down to sixth in the um, in the conference is kind of not a great sign. You know, they were the third seed there for a hot minute. To be fair, they're only three games off of the two seed. I was seed. about to say the same thing. It's It's still so close. It's still so close, but I feel like, they're not necessarily as good of a team as they were to start the season off, and I think they're kind of coming back down to reality. Yeah. 
However, yeah, I, I still think I still think they're a good team. I still think they need Sexton. I, I think oh, it's yeah. pretty really oh, yeah. or Rubio at this point. They just don't have like Rondo's solid, but they Rubio and Sexton are scoring guards. Rubio or Rondo is not that. So that's just yeah. I think that's gonna be the difference coming down the stretch here. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say something. I hope Washington gets into the playoffs and Atlanta misses it. Like I wanna see the Kuzma Kristoffs duo in the play-in game and make a run at something. Not a championship, but just, like, make a, a small, like, little... I think it's crazy that the Nets are down to the eighth seed. It's crazy to me that the Toronto Raptors are better than the Brooklyn Nets right now. Uh, yeah, uh, Kyrie, remember what he said? It's gonna, you're gonna wait, just wait and see what happens when we come out of the All-Star break. Remember that? Like, how yeah. we're gonna be? I think they were 0-4 when Ooh. he, before their win the other night. That's unfortunate. Now, after he said that. KD playing 40 minutes and only scoring 14 just really can't happen. I understand that that was the game Kyrie had 50, but when you're getting outscored by Andre Drummond and Bruce Brown Jr., there's, there's kind of some work that needs to be done there. And I also think that they are like in a good spot. Like They can go in the playoffs and be pretty, pretty content, especially if Ben Simmons gets to play. Like, I, I don't really understand why Ben Simmons isn't playing. Back tightness. Back, back stuff. From what? From sitting your ass on the bench for all this year with the Sixers, man? Like, bro, you got to go play with your squad, bro. Like, I yeah, don't Matt, know. This is coming from a Ben Simmons stand right here. He's yeah. even getting frustrated. It's getting to the point of ridiculousness. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like Ben Simmons a lot. I think he's an elite, elite player. But damn, bro, back tightness? <laughs> like, no, nah, you got to play. And they said he's not close either. They said it's still a couple weeks away. Like, Yeah, I just, dude, I just want to see him lace up for the Nets. That's all I want to see. Like, I was waiting for James Harden. I thought the day was never going to come. And now James Harden is playing, and he looks... Absolutely tremendous in a oh, Sixers awesome. uniform. And, like, will the 76ers win the finals? Hell, they might. Like, It's a lot better chance than it was. Yeah, yeah like, like, it's actually not far-fetched to say that Joel Embiid might get a ring this year, especially if he keeps playing the way he's playing, bro. He is playing, and he will be MVP. If he, keeps, if he keeps up how it is right now, he will be MVP. Absolutely. Um... And if I'm the Nets, too, I'm trying to rush Ben Simmons back because I'm trying to take my minutes away from James Johnson. That's all I'm saying. James Johnson and Nick Claxton don't need minutes anymore, bro. Yeah. That's like, why you need like, Ben Simmons. You can get away get with Nick there. Claxton getting minutes. But, bro, James Johnson, nah, dude. He's He has got to average the uh, the biggest minutes per game to fight ratio in NBA history. Has to. Like, I swear to God, that dude's like a goon in hockey. Like, he literally comes in the game to shit talk other people. I swear he yep. does. I swear that's his sole purpose. Yeah, I just don't. Like you said, Nick, Nick Claxton can justifiably get minutes because he's good at blocking shots and gets rebounds as well. James Johnson is old. He is washed. He is a waste of space. Yeah. Like, that's. I just don't get it. I don't get it's it like, either, man. I say the same thing about baseball. I know we're a basketball focus, but like, they, everybody will sign these super old pitchers for like two games when there's injuries. Bro, bring up a young one. Like same thing with basketball. Why are you signing old dudes? Put somebody young in there. Like, yeah. Experience is not that important anymore. It's not not for your not for your like bench guys, like rotation guys, whatever. It's not that important. Yeah, I I agree. I think I I kind of agree. I I think experience is a big thing to have. I think you need veteran leadership. 
But I also don't think you need to go out and sign Trevor Ariza. Carmelo. You can sign Carmelo. Carmelo is free at the slam. He's solid. Yeah, Carmelo's a good basketball player still. But like Trevor Ariza, um, Dwight Howard, who, to be fair, Dwight Howard put, has put in some decent minutes. Tante like, Jordan is officially in that conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. Unsignable almost. Yeah, I agree. I don't think DeAndre Jordan has a job right now, if I'm not mistaken. He's on the Sixers. They signed him almost immediately. Oh, yep. He sure is. He has played a game. Hey, uh, all I know is that this podcast is a Moses Brown podcast, and he's available right now, I'm pretty sure. So why not sign Moses Brown? Which is crazy to me. It is crazy to me that Moses Brown does not have a job. I think he doesn't have a job. He hasn't. I haven't seen him on the last few Mavericks box scores I've checked, I don't think. So... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But oh, last, I'm is, last heard about him, March 10th. Oh, that's today. He got signed today to the Cavs. Bye. Hey! Let's go! <laughs> yeah, Cavs signed him to a 10-day deal. Let's go. That just put the Cavs, that just increased their stock crazy. They're winning the finals now. It's over. Yeah, I, I would God, have to God, he say. needs a chance so bad, bro. He had his chance, but he needs another chance. It's so crazy to say. Yeah. God. I agree. In OKC, he was he was a pretty good guy. And I just imagine choosing Derek Favors over him. That is blasphemous at this point. Yeah, man. Like, I just don't get it. I I don't get it with Derek Favors either, man. I I don't get the hype. He's averaged five points a game for the last two seasons. And to That's be fair, he was never really that good. He averaged. He peaked as a sophomore, bro. Yeah, he he averaged, what is it, sixteen points a game for two seasons, and that's it. That's all he's he done. was solid. Like he was a solid power forward. Nothing crazy, just solid. Yeah. But that was when the Jazz weren't good, and then he started that's sucking true. as they started to get better. So, I mean, so come they on. shipped him off to New Orleans, and what did he do for New Orleans? Nothing. Not really anything, and not really anything. Not but a, not a thing. Unfortunately. Or, I mean, sorry, fortunately, we have Lonzo Ball, who is coming back within probably the next two weeks, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be big for the Bulls. I hope it doesn't mess with Chicago's, like, rhythm. Because, to be fair, they are, like, I think two for seven in their last nine games or something of that sort. After the All-Star break, I know they've won two games. I don't know how many they've lost, but I know they have uh, one. They've only won two games. Yeah, because let's be real, DeMar's, DeMar DeRozan was going to come back down to earth eventually to an extent. Like, he wasn't going to be able to carry the Bulls the entire time that Lonzo and Alex Caruso were out. Like, that just wasn't yeah. going to happen. Nobody expected that to happen. He did a lot better job than probably anybody was really prepared for. Mm-hmm. Also, Caruso got uh, cleared for basketball activities yesterday. So that's a other that's another good. big W for the Bulls. So it seems like they're kind of getting all their health back and everybody will get more comfortable with about a month and left until appara- the playoffs. And apparently the Paul... There's a chance that he comes back for the playoffs now. Ooh, so bro, that'd be huge. So if Alex Caruso, which I mean, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are like, yeah, they're like about to come back. So they're definitely in for the playoffs as long as they stay healthy. But if you can add Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams back to the lineup, the Bulls are going to look scary. Very, very, Absolutely very scary. terrifying. And if, if they get Paul back too, they're run pick to win the finals. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, Demar Derozan, he's still going crazy. I mean, he's averaging twenty eight five and five. So I mean, <laughs> he's so, it, he's he's so still crazy, going though. crazy. But uh, he never averaged that high in Toronto, did he? I don't believe so. I think twenty six point six is the highest he averaged in Toronto. 
Uh, no, 27.3, actually, sorry. So he's pretty close, then. Yeah, pretty close. That was the year... 2016, 2017. That was Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam's rookie year, I believe. Yeah. Let me check. No. Sorry, it was... Yes. It was Fred Van Vliet and Jakob Pertl's rookie year, but it was Pascal's second year. No, it was Pascal's rookie year. I was right. Sorry. I need to... Come on, dude. Get I need it right. To trust, sorry, I need to trust my gut with these Raptors trust things. Trust the instincts. Man. Sorry. But, um, but, yeah, the fact that he's averaging 28 alongside Zach Levine, who I think is averaging like 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. Ooh, no, he's down, actually. He's averaging 24.6. Doesn't have scores much now. That's true. That's true. I mean, his percentages are still crispy clean, shooting 48% from the field, 39% from three. So, you know, it's... The same case of every time I watch Zach Levine shoot the ball, I'm pretty sure it's going to go in. Yep. So. Yep. Uh-huh. And shout out to Io Dusumu, bro. Shout playing out solid. to him playing so solid for the minutes that he was given. I was so scared during that first like 10 to 15 game span where he got like four to six minutes a game. I was afraid that he was just, that was it. But no, man, he's playing 26 minutes a game for the Bulls right now. And he is absolutely clamping. His scoring is still not the greatest, but I mean, he's shooting 52% from the field, 40% from three. So yep. the buckets he's shooting, he's more than likely scoring. And I'm just, I'm proud of him, dude. I'm so glad. I like I I'll just be, a lot. That's the only worry really with everybody coming back is how is he going to fit in? Yeah. Kobe White is still a better offensive weapon than, than Io is. So it's going to be an interesting. Yeah. The guard, really the guard can... play in Chicago is stacked. I guess, really, if you think about it, it's not that complicated because then you just have Caruso, Dasumu, and Kobe White all off the bench, and that'll somebody has to lose minutes that's not as important as them. Like, that's got to yeah. fit. So, I mean, um, real quick, also uh, about the Sixers, we've already passed them, but I forgot to mention how uh, apparently Bradley Beal wants to team up with James Harden and Joel Embiid. I saw that. I saw that. Dude. I, uh, I forgot about that until you said it, though. But imagine yeah. Philadelphia wins the championship reloads with bradley beal and they run it back for like three years in a row oh my dude. goodness dude um i think the last team i really want to talk about or just one more okay one small thought shaq said jaw's the best player in the league did you see that whoa i did not see that yep shaq told jaw he was the best player in the nba that's a it's a wild wild statement there he's not totally off he's really 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 damn good like that's oh bad. yeah oh yeah i'd say i would say he's Closing in on top five players in the league pretty quick, honestly. The way he's been playing this year has been absurd. Yeah, and I um, will say, I will say, probably four or five games ago it wasn't, but his last four or five games have just been bro, absolutely phenomenal. He's always progressing, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but last team I want to cover. Uh, yeah, last night I was watching uh Phoenix and Miami. Phoenix. As of right now, I think is my full on title hopes. I do. I assuming. was just. I was just talking to somebody yesterday, and I said the same thing. Dude. I think the Sun. I think the Suns are almost a lock at this point. They are so much. They're better. Like, how are they better than last year? That's crazy. They, they are just better than every team they play, and that's why they've already clinched playoff berth. And in, there's in 20 a games season, left. <laughs> yeah, in in a season where everybody is so close, like, oh my goodness, like the two seed, the two through. Eight seed in the West are ten games apart from each other. The one through nine seed in the East are twelve games from each other, and it's just like you have the Phoenix Suns up here is fifty three and thirteen. 
they are just dismantling everybody. And they're not even playing like the greatest of defense. I think their defense is, hang on, I can check right now. Uh, while you're doing that, they also beat the Heat by 20 last night without Chris Paul or Cam Johnson. Like, it's just, yeah, they don't even need a full roster. They have the fifth best defense in the league. So good. But they also have the fifth best offense. So they have the fifth best offense and the fifth best defense. They're top five in both ends of the floor. And, dude, they just get it done. Like, they literally, they just get it done. It's just that simple. And, like, we watched the finals, obviously, last year. And they were good. But they didn't really hang with the Bucks all that much. And let me tell you, they are. I, I'm pretty sure we're about to see. We might see a 16-0 playoff run from them. Like they are just that it. good. I could 100% believe it, and I kind of want to see it. Like it'd be awesome to see. Oh, I. Agree. When was last time we saw that? I don't think we have. Because the Warriors went 15 and one that mm-hmm. one year but that was yeah. i think that's the closest team we've seen get to it so 16 uh, yeah. and 0 nba playoff runs uh the warriors set the best playoff record in nba history by going 16 and 1 so we have not seen a 16 and 0 ever so okay i kind of feel bad about saying that now because it's probably not going to happen but hey what if it does if it does check me Be out cool. podcast is about to go viral from us calling that. Yep. But yeah, that's that's my last thing I want to touch on is the Suns after watching them for a little yeah, bit last I th- night. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a great place to end off on, honestly. Talking about the Suns. We got to save the best for last, you know? We can't talk Dude, about anything I else. Mean, dead ass. They it's, are. It's crazy. They are the best team, no doubt. Yep. But anyway, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Um, If you guys did enjoy the episode... Uh, like the podcast, favorite the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, whatever you got to do on your platform to show your support, if you would like to. Also, if you would like to, follow us on Twitter at press underscore breaker. Uh, we had some fun content this week with the polls on our mascot teams. I think, not going to lie, sorry, I think Danny's going to pull out on top just because no. he's got the most influence. He's got the most people that he can text to vote for him. He's he's got the most class. And I, don't even, I ain't even doing that. I'm letting yeah. it natural, son. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, true, dude. Yeah, you're a workhorse. Hopefully, hopefully you win though for the brotherhood, for the press breaker brotherhood. Ooh, that kind of rolls off the tongue. But anyway, yeah, guys. Every Friday, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern. Tune in to the press breaker podcast. We'll have our 35th episode next week, hopefully, and uh, we'll we might come up with something. But if not, we're just gonna have a run of the mill conversation. Yep. And so, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Check out the merch link in our Twitter bio and uh, have a great day.